0: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Backers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Find Nature's own Super B Complex 75 tablets for just $20.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Manz and Izzy might be at the beach, but the show must go on. It's the Summer Breakfast on SENZ
1: don't wanna be behind maybe search in
2: you who rise on a different kind of thinking
0: Morena out there oh welcome any see and said summer breakfast 17th of January 2022 can i keep telling you i hope your good new years going well are you sick of that already? Nearly halfway through, more than halfway through the month of January. The summer is flying by here on ECNZ. Hope you enjoyed your weekend wherever you were. Got some of that sun time. Avoided that terrible, terrible cyclone. And just like to say right off the top, thinking of all our... Fano um, and friends in Tonga and around the Pacific Island pretty incredible what the world and what the planet can do from time to time puts it in perspective even when you're just a sports nerd and you want to watch sport all over the weekend found some time to share a thought and a prayer for those people over there so hope they're staying strong four minutes past six o'clock huge show coming up today a massive weekend to reflect on Levante grabbed her group one Novak gone binned out. We'll have a look at that. Breakers won. Josh Allen in the NFL was unbelievable. The Ashes. Gone. Binned. Done. We'll have a look at that. Late last night, Australia, in emphatic fashion, sent the tourists packing. I might not be too disappointed if I was an English player. Let's just wrap this up in three days and get on home. And Virat Coley Gone. Out. Binned. Plenty of good stuff as well. Today we're talking Premier League with Harry Simeo. Levante with Kenny Kelso. Paige Harib new women's national surfing champ and the silver ferns well they're in action right now we'll keep you updated on that throughout the morning but right now it's a massive morning and welcome to my good mate Mitch McLennigan who's doing a fantastic job in studio down there in Siberia at the other <laughs> yeah, end of the a table. Yeah long way away <laughs>
2: hey mate hey g'day how are you? So uh, me and Louie we're about
0: what. Well, Three metres away? We could play Cornhole We're yeah. So Far Away. <laughs> All
2: right, ready? just hit, need a little hole in the desk, absolutely. <laughs>
0: sure, yeah, us. good.
2: Oh, yeah, we could open that up. Not a problem. Easy as. How are you? You well? Flying. Loving it. Good. Yeah, you do actually look like you're flying this spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should be turning around facing the LOA. Yeah, I'm for... the little gunner at the front of the ship. <laughs>
0: That's right. You're like, yeah, that bomber spot. <laughs> yeah.
2: Shaking. Just give me a dome. <laughs> just pop me up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, for context, we are in... Um what would, some people would describe as a spaceship, others mm. others, a radio studio, there's Jacko, head of sales, he's the one that paid for all of oh. right him and Hutchie. How good, how good? <laughs> Morning to you, Hutchie and South Yarra, um, for context, as I say, we've just moved into our new digs down here in uh, our studio, loving it, so it's good, so seamless so far, so that's, that's the key, Mitch. What did you get up to over the weekend, brother?
2: Um, chilled weekend, to be fair, a little bit of work on Saturday, and then... Um Wife and bubs have gone down to Fongovata, so uh, they're down there with uh, her side of the family. Uh, so I've had some nice R&R, to be honest, Louis. Um Yeah, three naps. Three naps yesterday, a mate. A day? Yeah, yeah, just three naps so, in a day.
0: So how do you, oh, I'm how do, you do that? I'm yeah, yeah. curious how you do that. <laughs> like, where do you actually stagger them?
2: Oh No, as soon as the eyes got droopy, I, I didn't have any chores to do, so I just fell asleep.
0: What are we talking? Like mid morning?
2: Uh, one was uh, about two o'clock, four o'clock, and then six o'clock. Yeah, and just up, have a feed, and then go back down. I was actually maybe just channeling inner Kobe, uh, just thinking that she would probably nap at these times. And, oh, not, Kobe uh, not no, not Kobe Bryant. <laughs> not, oh, geez, yeah, I don't know. No, he probably wasn't a big napper, was he?
0: I wouldn't have thought so. Nah. It would have been
2: at the court. That's, yeah, a, it, that's that's the difference between me and Kobe, mate. <laughs> huge difference. <laughs> huge difference. Yeah, I'd rather roll around and have a nice nap. But yeah, that was great. Do you do you get some downtime?
0: Yeah, busy. It's funny weekends, and I don't know if you can relate to this. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. If you want to be the first person to give us a bell in our, our fancy new studio, um, there's the novelty factor. It's all yours if you want it. Or double eight, double three, send us a text if you can relate to this. It's so like all week, you spend week, your whole week exhausted, you're working, you're like, yeah, God, I just can't wait to have some downtime over the weekend or when you get home from work, it happens to me daily. It's like mm. it's a trap, I'm. it's like I'm stuck on a hamster wheel and then I get home and I finish work and I'm like, oh, better make the most of the time, eh, you know, better, better enjoy myself and I just want to sit around and I want to, just... so then I don't rest yeah. and then I go out and I drink a beer and then another beer and then another beer or whatever and then, Next thing you know, got to go to work in a few hours' time, and I'm like, God, I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> always start with like, yeah, intentions. A eh, Of going home having a rest, and you
2: have. I know you you have that coffee at nine o'clock, or well, you have been. We've been doing four hour shows, um, and then you just kick on, don't you?
0: Yeah, and I like it's like everything before the coffee is like, oh, I just can't, wait. Like, just go, have <laughs> a, go have home, a little, have a nap, yeah. have, have the coffee, and you know, you just fin- finish the show. The sun's shining, the weather's good at this time of year. How good's this? I wouldn't go to sleep.
2: It's been it. hot, eh? It's Stinking. been super hot. Yeah, It's been nice.
0: Well, it's good summer weather, isn't it? We had the yeah. surfing nationals on. I mean, there was super smash over the weekend. Yeah. Auckland stole one, burgled one. Didn't they
2: steal one? Jeez, yeah. Covering, uh, Sean Solia covering up a few holes um, in that Auckland organisation at the minute. Um, but yeah, they got across the line nicely. And then obviously uh, Northern Districts as well. The brave, as they're now called, the brave. <laughs> um, they st- and they got one up at Fongere as well, which looked a picture, absolute picture. Not a bad place to go and play some summer cricket. Get down to the beaches around Fongere. Uh,
0: after that, looked looked pretty nice. Cobham Oval, one, yeah. of the, one of the, yeah, one of the great boutique venues in New Zealand sport. You'd have to say. Yeah, it is.
2: It's just the wicket there sometimes can just be, you know, a deciding factor uh, for whatever reason. I've always found it to be a little bit slow. I think we saw that the other day. Uh, I'd love if they could just turn out an absolute belter of a wicker. It'd be a great place to play cricket.
0: Yeah, right. Give it, yeah, give it that real twenty twenty factor. Yeah. Where was the
2: college, last right? international there? Was did Tom Latham make
0: his debut? Was that the last one?
2: It was a T20 Whoa, T twenty debut for good,
0: Tom Latham. Good question. That's a double eight, double three. Who knows when the last time they played an international game of cricket at Cobham Oval? I know that. Well, they play quite often. Play warm up games there, don't they? Or, yeah. or practice? And yeah, New Zealand Eleven's will play there. And um, actually, the last time there was a massive rugby game up in Whangarei would have been the well, other than eat every time the taniwha, but they, <laughs> they might be Um would have been the Lions series, the Lions tour that they played like a Barbarian side up there. Oh right, and it was it looked awesome. Yeah, up at Toll Stadium, I think that was yeah. yeah. That was that was really cool. Good place. They love their sport up there. Hey, uh, SCNZ Radio, I'm listening in Ibiza. Just went to the beach oh, for a midwinter swim, which lasted as long as the English Topwater Partnership. <laughs> Matthew Bartley, <laughs> hashtag ashes. Thank you for getting in touch, Matthew. There's, there's a lot to debrief there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll start with where That's you outstanding. are. outstanding. I'm listening in Ibiza, so you're listening via the SCNZ app. I assume Hutchie hasn't bought any frequencies in Ibiza. Well, you never know, but I'm pretty sure you're in the SCNZ app. You ever been to Ibiza?
2: Nah, I haven't. Have you? Nah, I think nah. Probably, I probably it's probably best I stay away. Do you reckon there's like a little cabana hut there that's just like just streaming UCNZ radio morning radio?
0: Well, could be because you never know. Like when you get these expats and they you know, they love their sport. Or, you know, you never know. Yeah, um, I'd like to think so. <laughs>
2: yeah, and it'll be like a free. There'll be a kickback a eh, for our sales sales team for. Actually, yeah, you you get free access to the cabana when you come up to Ibiza. Show that you've there got you your go. Z
0: <laughs> app streaming. <laughs> <laughs> so Matthew Matthew's over there. He's just gone for a mid-winter swim, which he's he's intimating that it's only lasted as long as the English Top Water Partnership. Ironically, that was their biggest part opening partnership last night. Zach Crawley and Rory Burns. Rory Burns gone full Thor hair out the back has of the helmet. Make, what did you make of that? Well, has he been doing that whole series? I, I couldn't recall it. No, nah, he had it. He had yeah. it bundled up.
2: Yeah, I saw Alyssa Healy uh, message that he. It looks like he needs to wash his hair. So oh. if she's if she's coming out saying that, he probably needs to. I had to put the boot in, oh, uh, yeah, I know. It's I know one of the Aussie cricketers, the wife of Mitchell Stark, who's storming in, just bowling to him. She's telling, telling Rory Burns they needs nice to wash his head. You
0: know, <laughs> excuse me, you know, Rory Burns, there's a lot wrong with Rory Burns. Like, not as a bloke, I wouldn't have a clue. He seems like quite a spirited young dude, he seems mm. like a good dude. But there's a lot wrong with watching him bat. Like it's actually kind of anxiety-inducing, and, and the way he kind of flashes it down, and it comes from gully, and then he squares it straightens up like at the last second. But then when Mitchell Stark, or actually it Scott Boland coming round the around the wicket to yeah. him, to a left-hander wide on the crease, and his bat's coming it's always from coming gully, across, yeah. and it's just like anxiety-inducing. <laughs> and then he somehow gets it straight last second, but it's tough yeah.
2: to watch. Yeah, I think the hardest thing to watch about him was. Um, you could just see that mentally he was defeated, mm. and like even when that ball um, he played that ball off Mitchell Stark and it just bounced over the wickets, yeah, you could see the reaction. He was like, "Wow, finally a little bit of luck," but that's the mentality it looked like, and he was visibly showing it. So as a bowler, I think you're stoked when you see someone in that kind of mind uh, mind frame. I guess that head head space. So, uh, it was it was fascinating to watch just how he held himself as well. Didn't wasn't super confident.
0: Well, for that kind of reason, that I was that's, to be honest, why I was, pr- was just stoked to see um, him and Zach Crawley, but mm. him scoring a few runs. There was a couple of nice boundaries, clipped off the pads, like the same ball that Stark got him with the first ball of the whole entire series. Yeah. Um, clipped yeah, one backwards square, yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was... So for that, I was rooting for him. Went to sleep, and they were, yeah, probably about close to 60 odd for na- nothing
2: yeah Crawley was looking real nice uh, playing the ball beautifully off his legs
0: yeah um, scoring good clip they were going 5 and over and I was thinking gee they, they might just you know even if they do might, just as I went to sleep I was oh, thinking
2: Winvis had, had them for the first time in the tour um, a head on percentage to win the game what, like 51% <laughs> yeah, or something? It was like 51-52 yeah yeah, great course, okay.
0: that's a big moment
2: yeah first
0: I, I was thinking even if they can just get get them 70 or something just quickly like it dramatically changes it because it can p- mm. change joe root's mentality it can yeah. uh, David milan can just come in and scrap try and anchor use time just like you know know that they're not going to spend too much time out there in the score take a little the scoring yeah. pressure off and then i don't know what happened after that
2: oh jeez um well it's, we know what happened cam green came in and bowled gas so imagine having like your all rounder coming in and bowling in like early one forties. Um, some of the deliveries he bowled to break open that partnership, Zach Crawley. And then he cleaned up Milan in the head and man, that looked like it hurt. Uh, you could see that rattle and he's he's like even Cam Green, you know when a bowler like a batter looks at you and goes, um he goes, Oh yeah, I'm all right, mate Like David Milan did. Um you could see the concern still on Green's face. And so that that sound on the ground must have must have been deafening because Uh, mate, that smashed into the side of his head. And you could see he was shaking after that as well. But Cam Green, what an asset. I know they were talking about him potentially playing in the one-day T20 series against us. Um, Oh, I hope they rest him. (laughs) Because he looks real nice, bro. Real nice.
0: He's kind of got a bit of snarl about him, eh? Mm. He's got a bit of... I mean, he he, he harolds Cam Green 22, 23. 23. Big, huge, fields in the gully, bats, Bowls, yeah, I know. Dumb man, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's
2: just like a quicker version of Tom Moody. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, yeah. yeah, mate, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like all Rounders are like dads, eh? Like, like Daryl Mitchell and like. There's
2: nothing wrong with dads, mate.
0: No, nah, no, I know. <laughs> but like, in Duchy, like, these big, like. Hey, how
2: man. good's it been to see him get into some form, eh?
0: So cool. I I, I really like Colin de Gronholm, I think. Yeah,
2: and that, I was thinking the other day, I was like, how did we? even look past him the other day when we were talking about team touring to to Aussie. But I guess it's because our selectors have looked past him, haven't they?
0: That's it, man. It's it's just that. It's out of sight, out of mind almost, which yeah. is a real shame when the guy's still performing. So uh we spoke to Mitch Santner on oh, yeah. Thursday. Nice. And he said just yeah, being just seeing Dutchy just in a bit of Nick is just That's
2: Awesome, mate.
0: They're loving it.
2: It's awesome. Yeah, he's, um, he's a special guy to watch. I mean, against the Auckland, geez, far out. Him and, him and Mitch, I mean, you guys probably spoke about it, but just Lockie Ferguson's blown off the top order, you know, four for spit, and then Dutchie just comes out, counterattacks, you know, takes Dunnery Ferns apart, and then from there, him and Mitch just went bush. and I was like, oh, jeez.
0: And, they, you know, they didn't score enough, but they... Well, obviously, but they but for a minute there, he thought, you know, we're actually yeah. going pretty good here, and he took yeah. the game. He actually took the game. I would love to see what Winvers had to say about yeah. what that was up to when
2: he, he took the game away. Yeah, he was awesome, man. Um, that, that excites me. And then you see yesterday um, when he played, the, he played a shot over extra cover um, off the spinner off um, young husband um, and mate. That was just that's vintage, actually. Slotting spinners over, extra cover for six, how good. <laughs> but it's great. Oh, look, hey, uh, hopefully, hopefully they actually go, well, you know, you weren't in good form when we picked the side to Bangladesh. I saw Gary Stead saying this side might be similar to Bangladesh. I just hope they go, well, he's in form now.
0: For the test series against South Africa?
2: Uh, no, nah, for the uh, one-days to, oh, um, to Aussie. Oh, sure. well, you want him to stay
0: here. Stay here well, with the test, do you, Lou? Well, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. told, uh yeah. Yeah, well, you want to no. back in? Well, you probably need a bit more form. To be fair, you can't you can't just elevate a guy. If you've, if you have been dropped, that you've been dropped. I mm. he has been, you know, not partially dropped. You probably need a bit more form than that, and obviously in red Bull cricket, I don't know what he's up to in Plunkett Shield. Is he? Ah, uh,
2: there won't be anything
0: uh, like there'll be some
2: just before the yeah just before the test that'd, series. That'd so. be
0: tough, but yeah, look, like I got no issue with taking him to Australia. I think they're going to take a bigger swing. So oh, on that today. Uh, is 17th of January, and mm. we've got the government is back. <laughs> oh, great, so, great. Uh, oh, i <laughs> really enjoyed my days back. without the government. But no, they're back from annual leave. Oh. And um, they are going to post press conference. We'll, we'll have one, I assume, probably, what is it, about 4 p.m. today on Mondays. And it'll be an important one because it'll set the top for a couple of reasons for New Zealand. You'll get probably your first chance to do you. You'll get your read on what they kind of consider Omicron, yeah. So that you'll get your first set of maybe where the parameters are going. But for sport, the Black Caps and and all these other teams that are kind of Super Rugby Pacific, yeah, I mean, true. You'll you'll get your idea of what if it's even going to go ahead in Australia, like when a bubble, if a bubble, what we're thinking, what would travel look like, how could it work how long's MIQ in, in, um, the, you know, in, in the piece for, all of that sort of stuff, the first time we'll properly hear about it today, it will be, yeah. Well,
2: we had someone text through last week, didn't we? And we didn't hear it because we didn't know if it was true, but there was some text kind of speculated that Serafka Tour might have been looked at being getting moved to Australia, uh, which I found bizarre. Uh, we couldn't find anything to verify that, but... You know, do you think that's on the cards? Could that be a possibility? Just because the South African guys don't want to go into our MIQ? or no,
0: nah, because they'll be booked. They would have. They've always going to have to come, so that, that'll be fine. Mm. Um, maybe that was. Maybe the theory was: well, if the Black Caps have to go, and it was going to clash one year. Send stra- South Africa to Australia and play it all over there. Yeah. But but oh no, I mean I'd say that's a very long shot to be fair. But you know, all of that stuff and. Oh, it's funny how eh? you get to 2022 and it's like, New Year, clean start, let's go. And we're back to the same old... <laughs> same old conversations. The same old, right. yeah. We'll work it out. Hey, after this, Mitch, um, I want to pick your brain. Staying on cricket, is yeah. summer after all. I want to pick mm. your brain on another bit of news. As I said, Virat Kohli. Yeah. He's now the former Indian cricket test captain, which sounds... Yeah, former all format, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, mate. It is crazy. Um, yeah, and
2: I'll, I'll read a little excerpt of um, his wife's um, Instagram post for you as well um, when you need to. So, um, yeah, interesting times. Super interesting. I think... Uh, there's always something
0: something bigger to these stories, Louis. <laughs> well, let's speculate after this. Twenty-one minutes past six o'clock. Double eight, double three. If you want to get in touch with us, let us know where you're listening from. And if you're in Ibiza and you've just been for a quick dip, it's well, exactly what I want to know. I want to know. Thanks for your message there, Matthew. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. It's SCNZ Summer Breakfast. Twenty-one minutes past six. SCNZ. It's twenty-six minutes past six o'clock this morning. Good to have your company via the summer. We're nearly done as well. Well, we're not nearly done a summer. It's only midway past summer, and it's been hot to represent that all around New Zealand. The weather has been on fire. We've got Mitch McLennigan in the studio, studio with myself, Louis Herman Watt, here. Through till 9 o'clock before the doyen Ian Smith is back today, which will be fantastic. And Mitch, we were just talking before we left off. Firat Kohli steps down as mm. the chess skipper of India. And in, um, yeah, well... I don't even know what sort of circumstances, but here's here's his stats. He's one of the best test captains of all time. 68 matches in charge, won 40 times, lost 17, drew 11. So for every uh, every win, he lost 2.3 times, which is pretty good when you put it in parallel with some other great captains. And you've been around the IPL enough to know what sort of figure he is and, and cultural icon he is in Indian sport.
2: Uh, yeah, oh, look, his record's pretty outstanding, isn't it, in terms of his win rate. Um, you know, Kane Williamson's up there with that as well. He's at 57.89% since he taken over as skipper. You know, only Ponting and Wall, Steve War, have a higher winning percentage as skipper, so that's pretty impressive what his team's done in the last little while since he took over. What did he take over from Doney in 2014? Is that right? Um, yeah. So yeah. a long time, long time as skipper, uh, I found it, I found it really interesting, just seeing, just what's been going on in the background. Um, when when he lost the white ball captaincy, he he initially just stepped down as T Twenty captain, and then um, he was told like an hour and a half or something before selectors that he was no longer going to be the one day skipper as well, um, like just before a selection meeting, but then. Um, Apparently then the BCCI, Sarah Ganguly, I mean it's well documented, he came out and said they requested that he didn't step down as T20 skipper and seems to be some kind of confusion between the two parties. Um, Some saying that he did it he wanted to and then others saying that we didn't want him to and all this kind of stuff and and it didn't sound like that. And then I I don't know what's been going on behind the scenes. Um, It looks like he's been in the job for such a long time, Louis. Um, And I don't think anyone can... Understand the amount of pressure. In New Zealand, I don't think anyone can understand the amount of pressure that he's under.
0: Now, think about Richie McCaw, then think about... Rich, tr- oh, Richie McCaw, yeah, yeah exactly. 500 <laughs> times
2: more. Yeah, it's so easy, mate, so easy. Uh, and there's always this political stuff pulling in the background all the time in Indian cricket, all the time.
0: I kind of was under the impression that uh, had had all the power. And I kind of thought, if he made if he was leaving, it was because he decided so. But I suppose there are always figures lurking in the background. Um,
2: I just wonder if there's been a pull towards a different skipper. I, I think it looks like there's been a pull towards, particularly in the white ball stuff, with the success that Rohit Sharma's had um, with Mumbai and white ball cricket, I think there's been a pull towards his style of captaincy, which is a little bit more measured. Um, it's not as visibly... Passionate, passionate. Um, it's a lot more controlled. Um, stuff gets said when it's need to be said, and and there's no like body language. You don't see too much body language. And as a cricketer, it's nice when you you captain, you look at your skipper, and it's not shown like visible frustration. You think like you bowl a ball, you don't mean to be hit for six or hit for four. If your skipper's taken his hat off, and you know the old Allen baller stuff, you know throws on the kind of stuff. You see that kind of stuff. You go what. Well, you just got to look at it as, like, just from the outside and go, you know, how's the bowler going to feel like he's running in to bowl that next ball none, his skipper's, like, just blowing his toys or throwing his toys. You see it on the big screen, they always focus on him, and you're just going to, as (laughs) a bowler, oh, man, I better not bowl another bad ball. I'm going to get that reaction again. So I I think it's probably a good step in the right – but test cricket? Yeah. He's, you know, that's that's the difference because that's a lot slower game. And
0: And that's where his steel and determination and that that – Passion slash aggression mm. has made him the phenomenon. It just we are got to shoot off the news here with Trudy. Do you think this makes him, because he hasn't been scoring as many runs as he would have liked, he hasn't, his, last, his average over the last 18 months is well down on his career, do you think he scores more runs from this? Yes.
2: Yeah, I think he'll also look at playing a bit less cricket across the other formats. I think he, it looks to me like he needs a break. Yeah. Um, but I'll share with you like yes, after after the news, but just his wife said something interesting, which I, I probably puts it in its context a little bit more.
0: All right, we'll come back to that. Silver Ferns right now are just trailing England in the fourth quarter. They're up against it, a wee, bit. it is 46-41, so they're going to need a couple of splits here to get back in that game. We'll keep you updated with that throughout the morning. Right now, it's the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. S-E-N-Z, it is oh there we go. There we go. S-E-N-Z, <laughs> summer breakfast. We're 27 minutes away from 7 o'clock in our brand new studios and a there's a couple of little sticky bits here and there. Good to have your company. This morning on the 17th of January, plenty of sport to come, plenty of guests to come, talking to Premier League with Harry Simeo. Levante with Kenny Kelso, surfing with Paige Harab, and we'll catch up with the Silver Ferns as well after their game with England Mitch, just before we went to the news, you had a found a nice or an interesting comment from Vera Coley's wife.
2: Yeah, well I guess you gotta when you see this stuff, you gotta like look behind the lines or between the lines. Um, she said that in 2014 he was young, naive, uh, thinking that with just good intentions, positive drive and motivation, uh, motives, can, positive motives can take you ahead in life. Um, they definitely do, but not without challenges. But she said made an interesting comment, and this is it: a, uh, a lot, a lot of, a lot of these challenges that were faced were not always on the field. So out of her whole thing where she said, like, you're going to face all these challenges, Mm. we knew at the start you are going to attack them head-on with a positive vibe, a lot of energy, um, with the right intentions. But the main line for me is that not all of these challenges are faced on the field. Um,
0: That is interesting.
2: Which is just just kind of, in my opinion, feels like a bit of a dig at all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes um, in Indian cricket.
0: (laughs) Which you'd only assume is uh, a lot makes sense
2: a lot of political for want of a better word you know (laughs) uh, a lot of rubbish goes on behind the scenes so and and how long he's been there as skipper mate Um, it's got to wear you down it's got to wear you down 100%
0: he would have put up with some stuff alright there you go just to round that out thoroughbred owners time for some loveracing.nz so thoroughbred owners listen in listen in very very carefully to me share the thrill of ownership with your mates enter at loveracing.nz slash share the thrill for a chance to win a 10% share in a racehorse T's and C's apply go to loveracing.nz to have a look at that that's what I'm doing right now it was a busy busy Saturday at Trent and Mitch Um, we previewed it we talked about it the telegraph the group one telegraph a great time honoured sprinting event, and uh, oh, it's fair to say we got fireworks. Yeah, how good? Levante and Rock and Horse running world record time for the twelve hundred meter. So is that being verified now? TBC. I'm TBC. Not, I'm not. I think it's still unofficial. But yeah. so Mick Guerin, who hosts the uh, mail, Run along with myself. He did yeah. it. He hand timed it a few times off the TV, and he said that the time of. I'll find you the exact time one oh six point um oh just bear with me, hold on, let me get this right one oh six point eighteen it was pretty pretty close to what he, he did it a few times, another couple of people did it a few times they were right on that mark making yeah we right. World record time, and there's a lot of factors that can go into that that's unbelievable, though. Eh? yeah, not saying that Levante is the world's greatest ever sprinter, obviously she's not, but. It's a time that, for whatever reason, with wind and track condition and tempo and all the things that go into that, yeah. has put it right in the mix. And so is it like
2: sprinting, where like if, you, if you get a certain amount of like tailwind, then your records can't count, or they have like an asterisk?
0: I don't know. To be honest, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't know what, what, how it would become an official world record. Yeah, right. I don't know what the... Just pro- has to
2: go on the Guinness Book of Records, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, 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 that's it.
2: <laughs> I to remember a getting fo- those as a kid, eh? Hey? A
0: photo of Levante, <laughs> Mate, she was impressive. So just for context, what happened on uh, at Trentham was the horses from... A lot of the time you watch summer racing, and the horses that come around the bend first and that are closest to the post kick on and win. Yeah. Because the tracks are really firm. The horses get that get a bit of a head start it's just hard to make up ground. Yeah. You can't come from behind them. It's hard to get up past them, especially if there's a slow enough tempo. But at Trentham in the capital on Saturday, what we're seeing is the further you got away from the post, so the further you got into the middle and the crown of the track, mm. the turf was just supercharged. Yeah. So these horses were flying from the back, making up ground, because if you think about it, when you come around, naturally if you're coming from back in the field, you have to come wider, the wider. so they fan around. And the wider you were coming... Wysocki, for example, uh, in the Wellington Stakes, or the Trentham Stakes over the 2100, was as wide as I've seen a horse at Trentham since probably Mufasa and flew home, flew home. And, and it, was, it was really, really cool to see. that it was, it, was, it was making for some great racing. But in the context of the Telegraph, it made it really hard to see how Entrevier, who was a $1.60 favourite, who was leaving from Barrier 1, was going to be able to do it, because she jumps from barrier one. The only way she can get out to that really nice part of the track is either to... She got pulled back straight away, had to go right behind, didn't she? Yeah, so McNabb's pulled her out, walked her out of the gate. But even then, as soon as you give up all that ground, now you've got a wall of horses in Mm. front of you. Levante jumped really well, found herself three wide and pretty close to the speed, and... um, she got the first crack at them and, and decided to put them away. At t- Ryan Elliott thought I'd put them away at the top of the straight. and horse for Lisa press and Sammy Williams at the Lavendale Stud. Congratulations What an incredible result running Levante within a lip. And we're talking mm. a genuine head-bobbing photo finish and it was a lip and um, she got the trail in behind Levante and, and Entrevier just, just struggled to make up that ground and then that middle part of the track she ended up coming and I think you wonder if Michael McNabb, if he's going to take her back, should have taken her right back and literally came the widest on the track and trusted yeah. Because he did come back to the inside, didn't he? Yeah, but I, I think the reason is because it was a smart ride by Ryan Elliott and he knew that he had now, let's say, eight lengths on Levo- uh, on Entrevier at the bend. So he just went, put, put the foot down, said, let's just see if you can catch me, making it Meaning that uh, Michael mcnabb has gone. Oh, I don't even know if I've got time to go as wide. Yeah, they, that, yeah. that was just to my eyes what it looked like. But um, incredible, incredible day of racing at uh, Trentham and a great telegraph that we'll remember for a long time. Waikiki won uh, the Wellington Guineas. Congratulations to Alan Sharrock. Get the the stakes double. Seamus, our new New Zealand Derby favourite. He won in superb fashion beating Paranui Bay who started at seventy as well flying down the outside yet again so that supercharged bit of the track was awesome. Great racing there. Love racing.nz. That's where I go and do all of my form and replays. You can go there and see all of the replays from an awesome day at Trentham up after this. well, we don't have the Is master, we got the Mitch master, Quizzy Dag 0800 150 811. A busy weekend of sport, get involved, give us a call. We got a $50 TAB bonus bet to give away. Come on, let's go, Quizzy Dag. It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair, search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is, it's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like a skip a pass. Louie, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzes cause this ain't in the bag. Oh 800 150 811 now. Give
2: it a go. Yes, welcome into to Quizzy Dag. Brought to you by Ashley and Martin. How good, starting the week off with your chance to win a $50 bonus bet thanks to the TAB Yeah, we've got some interesting questions here today, Louis I'm really excited for this We'll start the week off really hey, nice this, and strong This
0: is an easy quiz f- Easy quiz If you watch sport easy? recently, okay. this is a, you'll
2: be all yeah, over this okay. quiz Sweet like, I love the confidence from Louis, love it Beautiful, okay, we'll go straight to Lions. lines Simon, Simon, are you there, mate? Yeah, mate, yep How are we? Feeling confident? Good, mate. As confident as Louis? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one should be... The one. The first one should be a nice and easy one. Who are the Silver Ferns facing this morning in the 2022 Quad Series? Uh, England. They are. Beautiful. See, there you go. You should be confident as. Ding, ding. Ah. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Chris Wood made his first appearance for Newcastle yesterday, which they lost. So that'll be against Watford. That'll be... Frustrating from the Newcastle owners. Who is Newcastle's top goal scorer of all time? Would it be Ellen Shearer? It is Helen Shearer. How hey, good. We're ding, on ding, to- ding. Yes, love it. The Phoenix woman took the lead for the first time in their inaugural season yesterday, but still lost. Who did they lose to? Brisbane Roar. My man, are we going to go all the way first one of the week? Virat Kohli has stepped down as captain of of the Indian cricket side, Test side. How many years did he hold that position as captain? Yeah, as captain. Ooh. Um, I'll just have a guess at six years. No. Oh. Damn, that was so close, Simon. Hard luck, mate. You were on fire. You have a cracking day, bro. Thanks. All right. Next on the line, we've got Richie. Hey, Mitch. Uh, how Good. are you? Good, thanks. Good. You know this one. Virat Kohli has stepped down as the captain of India's Test side. How many years did he hold that position for? Or
3: we'll
2: try seven. Yes, we're going seven. Beautiful. Bang nice mate lovely work okay what event does Kiwi Winter Olympic hopeful cool Wakashima excel at I saw that last night the old slope style the old slope style well done yeah outstanding Richie oh well Simon got us off to a flying start well done mate bonus bet from the TAB is coming your way. Uh, You obviously don't want to follow our NFL tips. How about you tell us what your NFL tips are going to be for today? Maybe put a multi on that.
3: Nah, because my team went out yesterday as well. Same team as yours.
2: Oh, no, bro. I thought we were going to do it right at the last moment there. Yeah, yeah, frustrating, bro. oh, 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 well, hopefully that $50 bonus bet cheers you up, mate. You enjoy the rest of your day. With it. Cheers, mate.
0: Perfect. How yeah, good, hey Louie. I felt like that was a g- achievable quiz. Do you yeah, know what was. I've realised? Kids in the kitchen. Kids on the on the buttons out the back and mm. back today. Maybe he just loves giving away cash. Oh, do you reckon? Yeah, he helps out with the quiz, and maybe he just loves. He's just it's been in- easy, eh, since he's back, and that's the easiest one we've
2: had in a while. Generous guy. Yeah, lovely. G- a fella. giver. Hey, mm. that's why we love you, kids. All right. Okay? You're not happy with your hair loss? Make today your turning point and search Ashley and Martin online. Next up, team, we've got Trudy's World. Trudy's World. It's Trudy's World. It's Trudy's World. It's Trudy's World. It's Trudy's World. well and
4: MS. This- Absolutely wonderful to see your faces in person today, guys. Loving the new studio, and uh, much love and aroha to you guys. And but firstly, a huge vibe of love and support to our Tongan friends and our community, all over New Zealand and the Pacific this morning. Absolutely devastating earthquake struck late Saturday that covered villages in ash and those tsunami waivers and surges all over the Pacific so monu ia fa atu to our Tongan Kiwis today um, Monday the 17th of Jan and to try and put a smile on your face especially those listening in Northland affected by the tsunami. If you don't care too much for a Monday, especially if it's your first day back at work for 2022, Monday well it's almost like Tuesday which is not far from Wednesday which is neighbouring Thursday and then Friday so no worries, enjoy today.
0: <laughs> hey, Trudy, what's your least favourite day of the week, be honest?
4: Least favourite would be, I reckon, a Tuesday or a Wednesday.
0: Match? Mm, yeah, yeah. Least favourite? What about yeah. you guys? Oh, Sunday. Sunday night.
2: Ah, oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the old work dream.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: what about you, Loey?
0: Least favourite would be a um, yeah dreary old Wednesday morning.
4: Yeah, does that middle week? Imagine if you met someone that says their worst day of the week is a Friday. You'd be like,
0: what? <laughs>
4: hey um, I thought I'd talk and make your Monday morning talk about chippies. You who loves it who doesn't love chippies, right? The ultimate snack. I do What's your favourite them. flavour? Mine's just the good
2: old chicken. 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 What do you mean the good old chicken? Yeah, Look it's the old kind of. Chicken,
4: the, old school. It's like
0: the bizarre. I know. Bizarre, I'm ve- o- I'm very bizarre. You ever think about how, you know, that we are tricked into thinking flavors associate with other things? <laughs> like, how does that taste like chicken?
4: Well, they don't, but it's not. It's because it's
0: yellow. And then why do you think a chicken's yellow? Because chickens aren't yellow. But you see the chicken, the yellow pit back chicken, you know? Oh, like I haven't
4: thought about that before. Deep. Super so what's deep your for a Monday flavor? morning. <laughs> I, I, I am going to absolutely stun you with a new range of chips, the limited edition chippies I'm going to tell you about. Well, what's your favourite flavour first? Go, Mitch.
2: Oh, I'm just sold and vinegar, but it has to be with like your reduced cream onion soup, oh, kiwi, kiwi, kiwi
0: old dip. Yeah, yeah I heard good. you talking about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm a, week. a big fan of those Lamington chips they brought out. What? what? kidding. No, one likes those. You weirdo. No, no, no. <laughs> Sour cream and chives, real simple. No, oh, yeah,
4: nice. We are all pretty simple around here, but isn't, yeah, nice. To, anyway, so there's um, the American, have you heard of the American brand of chippies called Lay's? They're like the Pringles? Yeah. Well, Lay's have revealed, just this week, new potato chips made from potatoes grown in dirt, taken from NFL stadiums. They are they are called the Golden Grounds potato chips, and they're basically <laughs> made from potatoes that were grown in soil from NFL stadiums and fields across America, and they sort of mix them together, and and the the, the wording on the package is. Um, infused with the grounds and the glory of each NFL team and the limited edition bags come all decorated with the appropriate team colours and logos Mm. and they're collectible. So there's only 5,800 bags to give away. Golden grounds chippies.
0: You'd (laughs) sell anything if you market it right. (laughs) Even (laughs) park chippies, yeah. Far out. (laughs) That's, yeah.
2: Any teams that don't have it, because you know, there's a lot of artificial grounds now, or, is it, or oh, all no.
0: the teams have got some dirt. Well, you wouldn't want to be <laughs> eating, <plastic> eating chips <laughs> potatoes that have been grown on AstroTurf. <laughs> kind of a rubbery. Trudy, thank you. Great nice to have to you back. back in <laughs> the big smoke, even though you're just down the corridor for us. We'll uh, see you for a coffee later on. That was Trudy's World. Trudy will obviously be back again tomorrow to give us some more gold. Mitch, uh, I can tell you the silver ferns I have unfortunately gone down to England. 49-46 they have lost. We'll catch up with Phoenix Karaka after 8 o'clock this morning. Right after the news, we're going to talk Premier League. Rafa Benitez lost his job after 200 days. He had a bit longer in it than Virat Kohli did. Um, He's gone from Everton. We'll catch up with Harry Simeo, our man out of the UK after that. Kenny Calso talking Levante as well, page harrow before the end of the show. Right now I'm off to find us some McCafe coffees. Here comes Trudy back with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Welcome in SCNZ Summer Breakfast. Here we are, three minutes past seven o'clock this morning, 17th of January. Welcome back to work. If you're on your way to work for the first time, Firstly, congratulations for now to sneer yourself a massive summer holiday. Well done. Good contract negotiations. And uh, secondly, good luck. Brave the new year. It's not that bad. I promise you. Mitch McLean again in studio with myself. Louis Herman Watt through until 9am this morning. Plenty going on around the sporting world. Another busy Monday as it tends to be in the sporting world. And we're going to cover it all. Football with Harry Simeo in a second. Some silver ferns after they went down to England with Phoenix Karaka in about half an hour's time. We'll catch up with Ken Kelso, who has another Group 1 to his name, this time with Levante. Oh, what a fantastic effort that was in the Telegraph. And we'll catch up with Paige Harab later on. And we'll also talk some Novak Djokovic, because it's been the sporting topic, Mitch, that has really consumed Mm. the world over the last couple of weeks, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of nice that it's done. Or will it, do you think it'll just continue now throughout the whole Aussie Open? And will be another, another twist in the tail still to come, you reckon? What could it be?
0: I don't know. I mean, I know that uh, Rafael Nadal came out and said, look, no one player is bigger than the tournament. Great. So that's what you want. if Novak will move on, Novak, when this is done, the tennis will, we will still remember it for a great tournament. Yeah. And I think that's right, but I'm worried about the noise that we'll get from Serbia and from Novak Djokovic's camp, are they going to take this on the chin and just forget about it, you know? Well, surely not, because I think regardless of where you sit on the fence, um,
2: Novak's been dragged through through the mud quite a bit for whatever reason, you know, whether you you Vax or, or you're not, but um, I can't imagine his team won't take some action against um, Tennis Australia, you know, for, for putting or suggesting that process uh, for the visa um, and putting him in the position he was in, so
0: yeah uh, I don't think it ends here <laughs> I think it could get quite ugly I, I tend to agree so it's done for now chapter done all right let's across the this cross the world Mitch I love catching up with this man it's the first time we've done it this new year it's Harry Simeo he's a fantastic football broadcaster and journalist you can go find him on Twitter and see all his marvelous work on different platforms that he does, covering the English Premier League and all things English football. This morning, Leeds United have snared an important victory against West Ham. Liverpool have beaten Brentford 3-0, and it's been a busy, busy period for the Premier League. Morning or evening to you, Harry. Happy New Year. Good to have you on the show, man.
5: Happy New Year to you all as well and to your listeners. And, yeah, it's evening here, but it's morning there, so... uh... Good morning and good evening.
0: <laughs> That's exactly right. One of the quirks, mate. Hey, you um you watch probably more football than I reckon the average average person. Is that fair to say?
5: Yeah, definitely. My wife would agree with you as well, I think.
0: <laughs> except, except for this morning, eh, Harry, with your with Arsenal
2: and uh and Tottenham being called off.
5: Yeah, of course. Yeah. I I think we we kind of got the impression that it was going to get called off from Friday morning. Um Arsenal had returned back late from their trip to Liverpool in the Carabao Cup semi-final and you just were you were watching Arsenal that night and, and the players were dropping like flies with injuries and we knew that they had a lot of problems going into the game and given that the kind of precedent has been set in the last few weeks in the Premier League with regards to getting games postponed, I think this was a real possibility but of course it was met with uproar from the Tottenham faithful when that announcement was made yesterday.
2: Yeah, not just a Tottenham faithful, I think it's starting to get to the point where everyone's getting a little bit... Uh... Or would you say sick of how messy the Premier League is starting to become?
5: Yeah, I think the problem has been all along that there hasn't been much clarity around what exactly constitutes a postponement. And this has been the big issue because we've seen some teams apply for postponements due to you know being really short of players. Due to a number of issues, it's not just been about COVID. This is the kind of misconception. A lot of the games that have been postponed, and if I'm not mistaken, there have been 20 now, in the premier league that have been postponed since december since the start of december most of those games if you actually read the postponement announcements it does say are postponed due to a combination of covid cases and injuries meaning that they are unable to feel, fulfill their requirements because as the premier league law states you need to have 13 available outfield players and at least one goalkeeper to be able to fulfill a fixture and um, and you're absolutely right. People are getting irritated because it feels like some clubs have been using this to their advantage. You know, for example, if you've got a couple of really key players out, you've got a big game around the corner. This feels like a good way uh, to kind of get that game pushed back to a time when you'll be in better shape. But ultimately, I think it's one of those things where it feels like it's really boiled over in the last 24 hours. But I don't really think you can look at Arsenal and say, well, they're the problem here because it's happened so many times. And I think that the issue here is with the Premier League and the way they've been unclear about it or when had sort of one rule for one team and one rule for others. I think that's the big issue.
0: Mm. So, so it's definitely been an unplaying, uh, uneven playing field, but are there any clubs in particular that have handled it well or maybe not even handled it well, but seem to have had a leg up through it all?
5: It, it's interesting because I think that the reason that I think Arsenal fans, and, and obviously I, I am an Arsenal fan, so for me, it's, um, you know, I, I might be slightly biased on this, but I think the reason Arsenal fans are feeling like this kind of criticism has been unfair and, and that Arsenal have handled it well is because actually this is the first game during this period Arsenal have requested to have postponed. Mm. Um, there are a number of clubs in the Premier League now. Burnley are an example. Leicester City are an example. Manchester United are an example who have had multiple games postponed during this period. And, um, and and I think there have been other clubs like, for example, Leeds United, who have got loads of absences and probably had more of a case than pretty much anybody to try and get games postponed. And they haven't. They've st- they, They've stuck with it. They've dropped points as a consequence of that. I know they got a big result today away at West Ham, but prior to that, they've been really struggling. So I think it's some clubs have been more kind of like, yes, let's get on with it. Let's play through this. Will be okay, and others, you know, have just taken every opportunity to get postponements put in place, and, and I think that's where the kind of bad blood is starting to appear between various clubs in the division.
2: Yeah, fair. Uh, Rafa Benitez, uh, really interesting. Yeah. Just the timing of it all. Is this a precedent that's been set? Any any coach to lose to Norwich this year gets <laughs> binned.
5: <laughs> it's starting to feel that way. But listen, Norwich have been really really poor this season teams that every time they get relegated down into the championship it's really clear that they're just too good for that level but they seem to fall into this in-between category where they're not quite good enough for the premier league but they're too good for the championship and that's why here in the uk we call them yo-yo clubs clubs that keep coming up and then go down again and come up again um i think with rafa benitez though i think As much as he's been a wonderful coach throughout his career, I think this was always a kind of marriage that was doomed to fail. Uh, He's an ex-Liverpool manager. He'd said some things in the past uh, about Everton Football Club that made it really difficult for the Everton fans to accept him when he got the job. And I guess you only need to glance at the Premier League table and see that they're in 16th place to understand why this isn't working. But one thing I would say about the Rafa Benitez and Everton situation is that Actually, the problem at Everton is a lot more deep-rooted than just who the manager is. Um, that There's no strategy from, from the people above with regards to player recruitment, with regards to the direction that they want to move in. And that's evident because in the last four or five seasons, they've brought in some of the world's top managers, most experienced managers, managers who have won Champions Leagues and Premier League titles, and even they can't seem to get it right there. Mm. So I think it's important that although Benitez hasn't done a great job, that we look at what the actual issue is at Everton and I think it's much bigger than just who the manager is.
2: I mean, history would suggest that they're probably not going to figure that out. They'll, they'll hire the latest uh, player to retire, I'm sure. <laughs> um, uh, I guess uh, from the weekend or so far this round, um, what's been your pick of the game so far? Uh,
5: I think one of the, the most entertaining games was that game between Manchester United and Aston Villa. Um, Manchester United have been heavily criticised since Ralph Radnick took the job. Uh, a lot of people were kind of excited by his appointment. And in truth, it hasn't really brought the instant uplift that Manchester United fans were hoping for. They played Aston Villa in the FA Cup uh, in the week. and and uh, Sorry, last week. And that game was really kind of close and tense. And Manchester United came out on top. So having to go to Villa Park in an away tie this weekend I think a lot of people thought this would be a tricky fixture. Manchester United went into a two-goal lead and it looked as though they were kind of cruising towards a victory. But then, of course, Aston Villa pulled the goal back through the young Jacob Ramsey before bringing on their brand-new blockbuster signing, Felipe Coutinho, who scored a late equaliser. So I think that would be the pick of the games uh, in terms of entertainment value. But probably the result of the weekend is the one that you mentioned earlier, Leeds United extending the gap between themselves and the relegation zone by going and winning away at West Ham, which not many people expected. So I think in terms of result and shock, that was the one. But United and Villa was definitely the most entertaining fixture.
0: Well, blockbuster signings and relegation zone, now you've got us interested. Chris Wood, (laughs) how did he go? (laughs) Newcastle United... Um, they, they took our boy and they've given him the big pay packet and said well done mate here you go get us out of trouble and they, they nabbed the draw first up how's that whole signing process of Chris Wood from Burnley to Newcastle gone down in the UK Harry I mean we're biased down here like you are about um, like you are about Arsenal we love Chris Wood and we just think he can't do any wrong but is is this a good signing in your perspective, from your perspective?
5: I think it's an okay signing um it's not. I think what a lot of people were shocked by is not that Newcastle went and signed Chris Wood. It's the amount of money that they paid for him. They paid around about £25 million pounds for Chris Wood, which is the kind of figure that in the Premier League we would never really associate with someone like Chris Wood or with all due respect to him, but a Burnley player in general. You know, Burnley are notorious for doing cheap deals and, and Sean Dyche is a manager who gets a lot of praise for almost getting the maximum out of very little. So the Chris Wood signing, it raised eyebrows. You know, Newcastle United, since they got taken over by their new ownership, have been linked with some of the biggest superstars in world football just because of how wealthy they are. So to then go and sign Chris Wood, and and I think he's a fantastic striker, but it probably came as a little bit of a shock and felt a little bit underwhelming to people. Add to that, they paid way over the odds. But I guess the reason they did pay over the odds was because they're taking him away from a direct relegation rival. And Burnley had a, a minimum fee release clause in his contract, which meant that if anybody triggered that $25 million price, they couldn't stand in his way. But I think that premium was, or Newcastle felt that that premium was worth paying because partly it strengthens them, but partly it, it depletes a team that they're going to be in contention with. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a shock signing. It really, really was. But I think he'll do okay there. I really do. He's worked under Eddie Howe before. Um, they've brought in Kieran Trippier, who's a really good... Uh, fall back, gets forward, puts good crosses into the penalty area. And we know what Chris Wood can do with those. So I think it's a decent signing. But as I say, just the the price tag just raised a few eyebrows.
0: How cynical is that, eh? Trying to make yourself better, but also deplete one of your uh, relegation zone buddies. That's that's (laughs) terrible. But it it makes sense, doesn't it, Harry?
5: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, 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 the monetary value to staying in the Premier League is so huge. That you know, Newcastle were always going to try and throw money at this problem. Come January, as soon as the transfer window opened, we knew they'd be in the market. We knew they'd be in the hunt, and we know that they're in a financial position now where they can bully a lot of the clubs around them. Um, and unfortunately for Burnley, who have done magnificently to stay in the division all these all these years without going down again. Um, You know, it's a testament to the job, as I mentioned, that Sean Dyche has done. But Newcastle are going to do this now. They're going to throw their money about. They're going to bully people. And unfortunately, we were all up in arms about the idea of a European Super League. The Premier League is becoming a bit of a Super League in itself.
0: Bingo. Love it, Harry. Appreciate your time, man. Good to have you back in the new year and getting some analysis and some real analysis on Chris Wood and what's going on. We'll catch up again in the next few months or so, I'm sure of it.
5: Thanks, guys. Appreciate
0: it. No worries. Harry Simeo out of the UK, giving us all of the Premier League gossip. Uh, I hadn't... I don't know. Did we even talk about that last week? It's something I would kind of missed in amongst the Chris Woods signing. Yeah, I know that they were both relegation zone teams, and we talk about the depletion. No.
2: Nah, that's, that's a good tactic if that was it. I was just thinking in my head, is Chris Wood, will he get benched if they if they stay up next year? Like, was it just purely a tactic like that? Expensive. When you've got the expensive <laughs> tactic. But like you say, if there's that amount of money, there is a, a lot of money staying up in the EPL. So Premier League, so, yeah, interesting. I, I did see before, actually, with this game, this Tottenham Arsenal game that got called off. Um, they're in fifth, okay? So they've got that other spot, that other Europe spot. Uh, Tottenham's in sixth so 35 points and uh, 33 so that kind of makes sense why Arsenal wanted to put their team out but I saw um, on Harry's Twitter that Arsenal could have put out a team on the field, yes there were some people playing out of position but worth $40 million more than Tottenham's team that they were going to put out tonight. So they <laughs> still had the money advantage uh, on even the field, with, even with everyone out and cove and stuff like that. I know a few people like right centres playing right backs and stuff like that, but sure. still pretty funny, pretty yeah. interesting.
0: That, that, that's a, the, the disparity <laughs> from Premier League clubs can be some of the biggest golfs. <laughs> I know, mate. You know, as well, we, oh, golf. We actually <laughs> literally <laughs> Newcastle owned by. Uh, the royal family of <laughs> yeah. Saudi, Saudi Arabia. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, yeah, fair, fair, fair. Which some, people made some comments about when Chris was signing, like how comfortable do we feel with all this? It's actually, you know, Saudi Arabia's um, footprint in sport, mm. like it goes over my head some of the total nuance of it, but the point is they are putting so much investment into sport. They love it. Premier League clubs, Formula One, mm. horse racing, the lot, you know, and golf. Um they want top level athletes in their country applying yeah, when their does trade. That golf kickoff.
2: Is that three, three, four weeks from now? Mm. Yeah, that'll be massive. Yeah, some golf names. G-O-L-F
0: not golf like Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oil. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, they're, like they're seriously investing and, and it does make some people feel really queasy. And some athletes, I know Andy Murray, for example, mm. he got offered big bickies to go play in like a an exhibition tournament there. Yeah, right. Nah, not worth it for me, mate. Well, not worth it, doesn't agree with, doesn't line up with my moral compass. And, you know, if you don't need the cash, they've got, he's got the luxury of making that call, cool, but.
2: Yeah, I think if he was a budding youngster, just won his first tournament, I think it might have been a little bit different. Eh?
0: Yeah, <laughs> but it, it, 100%. It's just interesting to see the decisions that uh People make. People make in regards to Saudi Arabia and, and now Newcastle is owned by, you know, the Royal well, the family, the the royal family, I guess. Yeah. Um, interesting stuff. It is 19 minutes past 7 o'clock now. We've got plenty coming up, including some silver ferns and our Choices flooring poll. We're going to have a bit of a scheme. I've got a couple of options for you, Mitch, but we're going to have a little bit of a, a powwow debrief here, and we'll come back with our Choices flooring poll. You're listening to the SENZ Summer Breakfast, 19 minutes past 7. Stay right with us. We'll be back very shortly here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. In and I'm missing you Izzy but you'll be back in no time Smithy is locked and loaded ready for his attack at the 9-12 slot The Doyen is getting his prep done right now I can see him and we'll be fired up to have him back no doubt he's got some great reckons over the summer of cricket and the summer of sport Mitch McLean again and me Louis Herman Watt in Studio 3 till 10 o'clock it's 9 o'clock 9 o'clock this morning how good and we've got our choices flooring pole ready to launch. Mitch, do you feel like you got a good you got a good viewing of sport over the weekend? I've yeah, your... got lots, mate. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. Being childless, childless and wifeless, it's a it was a it was a change. I could sport. just park it, park it. Yeah, yeah. Got to watch quite a lot. We should we should probably address
0: the elephant in the room. And um, what? Well, are we talking about what the Raiders, the formerly Oakland, oh. now Las Vegas? Raiders. Yeah, it was frustrating. Yeah, you, you and you and our boy Q. Ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. I kinda,
2: I kinda. <laughs> You guys talked me into it. I told you, bro. I was like feeling no. I wasn't that confident, man. Um, Jamar Chase has just been outstanding all season, and well, he was so good. He was unbelievable. I, it, it's a great story, but um, you know the fact that he came out at the start of the year said he's going to break every Bengals record, and he's already set three of them. Crazy.
0: So. <laughs> so we had we had the Raiders plus four and a half, so they just mm. needed to lose by five or less and they got down into the end zone and they could have just kicked a field goal and let their yeah, season go. Yeah,
2: this was your text, wasn't it? They should just kick a field goal so we win our pump. Don't
0: worry about <laughs> going through. <laughs> but they had they had look, to their credit, they they. gave gave themselves a shot they had three shots to the end zone from about the 15 yeah and um, Derek Carr put off through some frozen ropes to drive them up the field and they just were one throw short so red zone red zone
2: uh, second equal worst conversion rate in all time history you know they only converted touchdowns in the red zone one out of five times so, not the team you wanted in that situation. Nah, unfortunately not. That's, uh, yeah, they just didn't convert. They had their opportunities
0: lose. Ah, oh, bugger. Okay, well, I can tell you right now that the Bucks, Buccaneers, Tom Brady have gone up 7 0 against the Eagles in the third game. And uh, it's time for our choices for a poll. And this ties in very, very nicely. All right, listen closely. Double eight, double three, or Baz and Izzy for breakfast on Twitter. I want you to be involved. I want you to have your choice with our poll today. See your floor change in an instant with room view. This is for Choices Flooring. And I've got an old faithful, one of my favourite quizzes to do, Performance of the Weekend. And I'm going to start off by saying that Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, but Josh Allen, he's got to be one nomination. Let me just read you a couple of stats. Uh, Incredible performance by... Well, a guy who's who's done done this for most of the season, he had more touchdowns than incompletions. Five touchdowns, four incompletions. Became the first player in NFL history with five passing TDs, eighty percent completion percentage, and fifty plus rush yards, and first quarterback in quarterback in the NFL playoff history to throw for three hundred yards, five TDs, and run for sixty plus yards beating up the New England Patriots. So first option on my choice is Flooring Pole for Performance of the Weekend, Josh Allen. Second, Mitch, is Levante. I mean, she smacked the clock. She burnt the clock, Mm. winning her Group 1 Telegraph at Trentham, an unofficial world record or thereabouts. We'll try and work that one out of this week as we talk a lot more about racing heading towards the Karak Milliam. I'm going to stick in the Australian Federal Court. (laughs) Love it, love it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just think that they, you know, they they had a, a lot going on, and they had to do it over the weekend. So I'm sure they charged time and a half. <laughs> but Novak is, his um, passport is he's re- gone. Yeah, Tada! Ta- yeah, ta- and then and then to round it out, New Plymouth uh, surf riders. We had the, we talked about the surfing nationals that were going on last week. Well, how's this for New Plymouth? And and I like the ta- Taranaki region. It was Paige Harab and Daniel Farr, both from Taranaki that claimed the Men's and Women's Open titles. And that's, the, both of them their first titles and are both part of the new Plymouth Surf Riders Club. So big shout out. Yeah, huge, man.
2: Yeah, my pick out of that is Josh Allen. Uh, I know that's uh, the surfing's what an awesome result, but... Yeah, or Josh Allen's offensive line, mate. They're giving him so much time. Anyone watch the game on the weekend, Like they're just giving him so much time to be able to assess who he wants to hit um, or the amount of time they're giving him. It's just meaning that the wide receivers or all the receivers are getting further upfield, so there's more gaps if he just wants to run it, mate. And his running game has been outstanding. Um, just... You Know two prong quarterback, and you know that's what the Raiders were missing, um, against the, ben- uh, against the Bengals, mate. Uh, okay, so yeah.
0: so for you, it's Josh Allen, yeah, y- y- that was impressive. Levante's mate. run the fastest time for 1200 readers ever,
2: unofficial. You know, <laughs> yeah, we've had it, we've had a text come through already this morning saying that you know the dodgy clocks at uh, that trink them, you know, um, and you know, they tried to get. They watered the inside of the cor- uh, course overnight as well, so that so the oh, barrier number turf. one didn't make a difference. So.
0: Turn it up. All right, <laughs> choices for you Who had the performance of the weekend? Levante, Josh Allen, the Australian Federal Court, or the New Plymouth Surf Riders? We're going to talk to Paige Harab a little bit later on, but after this, we're going to talk to Phoenix Karaka out of the Silver Ferns. Get in touch with us, 8883, for your Choices Flooring Pole choice. We'll head to Bazanzee for breakfast on Twitter. Just have your choice. Coming up, Phoenix, Karaka right now. It is time for the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building old. Good to have your company and a great message there from Richie regarding Novak Djokovic. We will get stuck into that and uh, as we keep tabs on our Choices Flooring pole throughout the morning. But a bit of live sport that's gone on this morning. And unfortunately for our Silver Ferns, they went down to England Um, letting another lead go but pretty tough conditions pretty tough effort over there 49-46 was the end score we're now going to head across to the camp up to the UK and it's very good evening to Phoenix Karaku who's been good enough to join us on the line. Uh, Evening Phoenix, how you doing?
3: Hey, how are you? I'm good, thank you just on our way home
0: (laughs) Nice, so you're on the team bus is there any sing songs going on or anything like that?
3: Oh no, not really. Um, obviously, a hard loss to take. Um, but um, no, I think we've just been looking at some of the stats and stuff like that, as you do, trying to critique what was what was just put out on display. So um, no, no singing today. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, you definitely can hear the disappointment in your voice, Phoenix. Um, those stats you talk about, uh, just on the face value, what uh, what looks like we're letting you down.
3: Um, you know, I think it was it, it's a bit of diff, um, different things in different quarters. Um, I think we were heaps better than yesterday. Um, in terms of that, probably just um, the turnover ball. Um, and when we are getting balls, still not um, strong enough with finishing off those turnovers that, we're, that we are getting, and, or the gains that we're getting. So um, that's a huge um, work on for us but I think we did a lot better than yesterday so I think we can happy, be happy with the fact that we have improved but obviously disappointing that was lost.
0: Hey coming into the quad series in general Phoenix where did you feel like the team was at? Did you guys think you were m- more ahead of what you've performed on the court?
3: Um, you know I think there is that little kind of feeling oh we're we're better than what we're putting out on court, but um, it, it's very—it's hard to kind of, I guess, predict how we're going to go because there are a few new faces, um, um, the return of Me and Taylor coming back, but then also um, some of the players who have been part of the team for the past year haven't actually played the likes of Ozzy. And so with yesterday's game, it was kind of like a shock to the system. But um, I think we had prepared very well for that game. But I think still, um, you never know what you're coming up against until you actually play Aussie. And I think today we did a lot better, but we just didn't execute or finish off um, what we wanted to do.
2: Yeah, so it's just the pace, is it, um, that the Aussies play at? That was just the, the, the thing that you guys get caught off guard with?
3: Um, yes, and the physicality, I think we try our hardest to, um, in training play scum, and so that's very on the body, popping the hands on the catch and stuff like that, but it's, um, yeah, I guess you can't really prepare yourself for when we do come up against the Aussies, but they're really clinical in what they do and, um, take advantage of the speed of the game that they, they play, so... I think defensively for us yesterday we we kind of packed back and we didn't attack ball, which is what we're actually good at as um, the Kiwi team, we look for the ball, we look for um, you know we hunt for, and I think we just didn't do that very well yesterday.
0: How can you, and what what can you take, and I'm sure you'll have a couple more reviews before you play South Africa a couple of times, but you personally, from your your vantage point, Phoenix, what do you think you'd love to see just tidied up and some real obvious things that we might even be able to see from home when you take on South Africa for a couple of goes?
3: Yeah, I think um, today we fixed our start, which was awesome to see, and I think we we came um, out know, really strong compared to what we did yesterday, but I think it's... Uh, being able to have that consistent performance in the second quarter I think we um, were in and out on that second quarter hence why we ended up being even half time so I think um, for us is we want to feel and present and we want to when we're feeling we want to present I think we got a bit of on the seal and stayed on the seal, and we didn't really move off the feel so I think attacking wise that's one thing that we've got to look for and also the timing um, defensively and attack. Um obviously they're having more than two options or one option to the ball and then defensively we just need to go looking for intercepts and creating like a snowball effect. So um I think that's what we'll see tomorrow more of. I think we we are improving every game and that's a that's I guess that's the, the plus that we can take from tonight.
2: So, and I'll just, just touch on it. Has it been difficult? Um, is this your guys' first tour away under these conditions, really, isn't it? Has it been a bit of a change, um, getting used to being in a bubble, um, um, being restricted, and particularly with how rampant COVID is over there at the minute? Yeah, it's not been that hard. I, I
3: guess for me, it's... it's um, That's good to I've hear. not really had much time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I've not had much time to kind of just relax, so... Um, for me, I have just found it pretty easy. But I guess for the younger ones who, who don't have a baby to have to look after <laughs> and their, um, you know, their time, um, their, I guess people are missing the opportunity to go and shop and see um, the different um, sites around in London for those who haven't been here before. But um, I think we're doing really well in trying to mitigate trying um, COVID within our bubble. And, you know, our end goal is to... Obviously, we have some learnings within the game, but we want to get home. So, we're doing whatever we can to um, just stay tight as a unit. Um, there have been some things that we've, we've been like, oh, this team's doing that, this team's doing this which is different to us, but as long as we stay together,
0: I think we're doing really well. Mm. Well, we want to make sure you can come home as well, Phoenix, so that is priority, we agree, priority number one. But uh, hopefully we can see some um, improvements, as you say. Keep building in these last two games, and then we'll get you back here. And, yeah, it would be great to have you girls home. Thanks for joining us this morning, well, this evening. Appreciate you taking your time on the bus on the way home. Oh,
3: no worries. Thank you for having us.
0: There you go. Bye. See, see ya, Phoenix, Karaka. An absolute standout always for the Silver Ferns. Very bubbly person. And even in, uh, after another tough defeat, picking up the phone, Mitch, and improvements. Yeah, England, keep, England just played, you know, just shot the ball better. Knuckled down, yeah. less turnovers. And you can hear that they're desperate to improve. But, man, it must be weird being over there. Well, a little bit of downtime. I enjoyed that. It hasn't actually been that hard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the youngsters, they oh, you want to get out and sightsee, really exciting. And now you're just stuck in your hotel. That's, That's right. A pretty crazy, move, But no, it's, um, yeah. Just talking about wanting to make sure they can get home. Imagine um, having to stay there because you've caught COVID. For another couple of weeks, and then your yeah, Q spot would be gone,
0: mate. If that so, if that, if you even wanted inspiration to sanitize and wear masks, it would <laughs> it would be in that position, that <laughs> and suite. hide under the covers in your hotel room. Hundred percent. 19 minutes away from eight o'clock. Kenny Calso talking Levante coming up very very shortly here on SCNZ Summer Breakfast. Unfortunately, went down. We've just caught up with Phoenix Karaka. If you've missed anything, head to our podcast channel, Baz and Izzy, for breakfast, and you can catch up with all of the going-ons. The Buccaneers, Mitch, off to a flyer against the Eagles, 13-zip. We picked
2: that one, didn't we? We didn't know how much they were going to win by, but we picked them to win. So it looks, uh, looks good that we won't pick all the losers this week, Louie. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, that'd be pretty hard to do. Do you get your money back if you if you, every single one of your multi losers?
0: I think there's some they've got. We'll have to ask Paulie like more. Pitty, up like a pity bonus <laughs> bet. <laughs> we could be on for that. Hey, I'll tell you who doesn't need a pity bonus bet, and that's backers of Levante mm. from the weekend. The Group 1 Telegraph, unofficial world record time, a photo finish that can't have been good for the ticker, especially for this man, trainer Ken Calso. He's been good enough to join us this morning. G'day, Ken. How you doing?
6: Yeah, good morning, boys.
0: How are you? Good? We're, we're great. You you must have a spring in your step or be feeling a bit pretty chipper because your mare got her well-deserved Group 1 and it was so cool to see.
6: Yeah, it was a big weekend, you know. We uh, got home yesterday. But, uh, yeah, no, very um, exciting day for everyone and good for the mare, you know. She's deserved that Group 1. It makes a huge difference to their breeding careers, you know. So to get that monkey off your back, it's uh, it's a big relief.
0: She's um, she's been a, an interesting. Well, she's been a. I don't know. You wouldn't call her a hype horse or a boom horse because she's been so good. But it's been a career that's been quite interesting to follow, and um, some barrier issues, a, a few health issues. So for you, when when you were kind of waiting for that photo finish, was it all going through your head, or were you pretty calm? Uh, I
6: thought we got beat. Actually, I was sort of. Bev was sort of thought she'd won, and I thought, no oh, jeez I don't know. You might have gone really cool, real <laughs> Megan. She, <laughs> Jumping up and down in front, and I was thinking, oh, I don't get carried away here, because <laughs> uh, the the big screen wasn't that clear, and I my sight's not the best, but I wasn't. Uh, no, I wasn't convinced until I heard the call. I tell you,
2: Ken, you must be super proud of your team. Um, I know she's she's in such a short life already. She's already had two colic surgeries. Must be super proud of how they've brought her back up and how she's responded.
6: Yes, yeah, amazing, Mia. I mean, she got colic. Uh, surgery before we got it when she was being pre-trained and uh, she bounced out of that and she has a three year old and then we were getting her ready for her after she won the four and run second in the guineas at Wellington we were getting ready for a spring campaign at uh, Hawke's Bay and then about three or four weeks into that she, she got it again and um, she got rushed off to the bed clinic again and uh, ended up having surgery again never been major i mean she's obviously had to be opened up but um um it's, she never had any part of the bowel taken out or anything like that The surgeon explained to me that it was sort of similar to a hose pipe getting a kink in it and uh, it's a matter of going in and unkinking it but uh, I remember saying to Philip, the owner, I said, oh, Jesus, am are going to ride me mad? I'm going to be down all, day, all night watching her. He said, no, you can't do that. Just treat her like a normal horse. And, but I go down and check her every night and um, touch her with everything's been all right since
0: you must be It must be so stoked for the cool ownership group that's involved as well so well deserved for them, Ken, but you know did you ever did you ever just start to wonder whether she just might have a bit of a jinx on her and she was just going so close for so long? You always talked about how professional of a mere she is, and she always does everything right so did you just have faith that the group one was coming
6: Well, it did really. I mean you know as you know, she, she developed that bad habit of, of, of being slow away and you know, missing it completely. It um, so well actually all started in the Guineas at Wellington when a couple of horses played up in the in, either side of her at, uh, when she ran second, and she must have got a bit of a fright from those two horses playing up either side of her, and she was very slow that day. And then she developed the habit of doing it, and uh, she got you know as you know she stood there in the BCD Sprint, the Group One, and um, but we didn't do anything different. We took her back to the trials here and sort of got, got her motivated to so he round the barrier and trotted her around and made sure that she was on the job when she went in. And fortunately, she's, she's been a lot better this year, so um, it's been a bit of a relief, really.
0: What do you think, um, do, you, do you have an end goal for her? I mean, she's as you say, the value now as a broodmare will be enormous. Do you think she's still got more scope to get better or as a race mare before then, Ken?
6: Oh, definitely, yeah, she's only had one how many starts she had 12 starts or whatever it is in one nine never further finish back than the fifth and that fifth was in the when she stood in the gates so uh no and i think she'll go further i mean she's won a mile uh, i don't think she's an out and out sprinter to tell you the truth i think you know probably 1400 a mile um and we've always said you know maybe she might even go further because she's out of a staying mare so uh if she could love along, you know, and behind them like she has done and, and going further, you know, it might be quite interesting. So, no, she's got a, a lot of, uh, she's uh, touch wood, she's sound, she's a great doer, she's a great eater, she's a good traveller. So, um, you know, obviously she's got a still. she's only five, so she's um, got, a, got a bit of fun of her year.
0: Everyone always asks me, because she got to have a fan club, Ken, and a lot of people ask me, would she go to Australia and win? And I'd I'd never really know what to say, because for a while, as you point out, the barrier, her tardiness wouldn't have been ideal. But now she's jumping and getting near enough the the pace, it probably changes it a wee bit. Is there any thought of that one day?
6: Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, uh, we wanted to tick off the Group 1 here, which we've done now. Obviously, the next race, she'll go to the BCD Sprint. She can be, you know, successful, and, you know, hopefully she'll um, uh, get through that. And then, um, we look, we put in a nom last year for the Phillies and Mares race in Sydney. COVID has made it a little bit different, and I know the owners are mindful of the fact that she's had the colic surgery, uh, of travelling on the plane, and 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 that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely. I mean she's probably not got a lot to prove more to prove here so uh you know yes it's it's probably in the future but as you know COVID stuffs everything up and um <laughs> um it doesn't look like it's going away either unfortunately it's probably getting worse so uh no it's always there sort of thinking about it yeah i don't think she'd you know i know they're all raving about this one six thing i don't i don't i don't know where, where, what that's all about with that um, the timing at Trenton. Um, she certainly, and I know and I'm realistic enough to know that, you know, um, they don't run that sort of time down the Flemington straight. No. Which, it's a straight track. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I'm realistic enough to know that I don't think she'd compete against the nature strips and that sort of thing, over six furlongs at um, Flemington and, and, and Randwick. So um, if we go to Australia, we'd probably be going further than 1,200
0: metres. Bang on, Ken. Absolutely, mate. And it's been great to have you on the show. She's a fantastic mayor. Appreciate your time this morning. 1-6 or not, that was fast. What a telegraph win by our Levante. Fantastic. Thanks to Kenny Kelso. Great training effort. SNZ we're coming up to the news at 8am with Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand plenty to get through in the last hour including Paige Harab, some surfing, Novak Djokovic, here's a text from Richie no Novak, glad the V's got cancer however not sure about the potential three year ban from entering Australia, I think it'll be good if Aussie rescinded that three year ban make it this year only the proviso Novak meets the jab requirements that way the ball is in his court will he smash it or fluff it into the net only time will tell Richie I appreciate your message and we're going to talk Novak Djokovic with Blair Henley very shortly a great tennis journalist out of the States the Choices Flooring Poll is on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on Twitter performance of the weekend hey it might have been the Australian Federal Court I'm off to find another McCafe coffee back in a second talking Novak Djokovic and tennis Find Nature's own Super B Complex 75 tablets for just $20.99
7: at Chemist Warehouse.
0: Baz and Izzy might be at the beach, but the show must go on. It's the Summer Breakfast on SENZ. CNZ, Welcome in, Louis Herman Watt and Mitch McLennigan here for another hour. Yeah, just a three-hour broadcast today, you know why? Because we're going to sleep on it for the first time this year with the doyen, Ian Smith, up after nine o'clock. We'll chat to him just before the top of the hour. we got so much to get through before then, including you. A double eight, double three, and 0800-150-811, your choices flooring poll has been lobbed. Performance of the weekend, Levante, Josh Allen. That was Mitch's pick. The new Plymouth surf riders, Paige Harab, the new women's open class champion, up after 8.20. Or the Australian Federal Court. Why would the Australian Federal Court have the performance of the weekend? Well, they were working overtime. If you're just back at work for your first day of the year today, think about those poor law clerks. In there over their weekend, trying to sort out whether Novak Djokovic was going to have his ticket in the first round and try and become the single greatest male tennis player of all time and get Grand Slam 21, or whether he has to pack his bags and head off. Well, it was the latter. Novak Djokovic is gone, he has left the building. And we're going to talk about that right now, Mitch. We've got Blair Henley on the line. She's been good enough to join us out of the States, soaking it all in one of the more dramatic tennis stories I can remember of my time. Blair, good afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. Is this one of the more crazy tennis stories you would have ever covered?
7: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. And the answer to that is yes. There, I will tell you, in the last year between Naomi Osaka and Peng Shui and now Novak Djokovic, tennis has certainly been in the headlines. But how long this djokovic saga stretched on, and the way that it ended certainly puts it at the top for me.
2: Yeah. What, what do you make of it all? Do you, do you believe that there will be an opportunity for him to come back in the next couple of years, or do you think Djokovic will end up just saying, well, nah, don't fancy it anymore, not coming back to Australia?
7: You know, I... I think it, it depends on what's going to win out. Is it going to be Novak Djokovic's will to win and love of setting records? Or is it going to be a, a, just a feeling of uh, disengagement after this this entire thing has gone down? Listen, he's, he's in danger because his visa was canceled. He's in danger of having his visa, visa canceled for three years uh, in Australia. There has been precedent set uh, for exceptions to be made to that. Uh, but that's what's still on the table here.
0: It's a, It's been the the whole process, I don't know about you Blair, not necessarily on the ground at Melbourne Park and neither are we, so the whole process of how this has been covered and how this is the story has been consumed, it really has felt less like a tennis story and more like a general news or even a COVID issue. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like it really has hit tempers and, and made people talk and kind of act about the scenario, kind of like more some of those more controversial political conversations we've been having over the last probably five-ish years, you know?
7: Yeah, absolutely. Because it involves the vaccine debate, this really is a story that everyone has an opinion on. And I think anyone who watched it from the beginning can comfortably say that there were mistakes made across the board from Djokovic himself to Tennis Australia to the Australian government. Um, There are really no winners, uh, except perhaps uh, Salvatore Caruso, which is the lucky loser who is going to get Novak Djokovic's (laughs) spot in the Australian Open draw. But because it has sort of that uh, definitely a political bent to the story there's there's sort of an exhaustion uh, a deflation almost a sadness that it all had to come to this
2: yeah oh I guess we should probably move on from that now Djokovic isn't there um, who's your pick from the men's side of the draw and then I'd love to know your picks from the women's side because it seems to be wide open if uh, unless Ash Barty just continues the form that she's been in
7: I uh, will well, start on the women's side because you mentioned Ash, who has been incredibly consistent over the past couple of years. Obviously, it's a different story when you're playing in your home country and in, in front of your home fans. And she's she's admitted that I think she's going to get it done, though. Uh, but I would say my second pick would be Naomi Osaka, which some might say, oh, well, she hasn't played since the U.S. Open. But historically, Naomi Osaka, has not needed a long runway so I would not be surprised to see her do very well at the Australian Open and on the men's side that listen I feel like I'm going to play it safe here Daniil Medvedev has had a solid start to his year he had a little warm-up with the ATP Cup and I'm going to pick him to win it on the men's side
0: please is there any chance now Rafael Nadal sees Novak Djokovic uh, deported sent his bags packing gone and they're all tied, right, 20 grand slams each. Is there any chance this just gives Rafa a little bit of kick, puts a bit more fire in the, the Spaniard's belly, and he says, this is my chance to go one clear. We never know. We don't know what's going to happen to Novak here. Do you think this might inspire him at, at all?
7: I don't know that it's possible for Rafa to be more inspired than he is on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, true, the man is, <laughs> is competition personified, so I think Rafa is already on level 100 to begin with. But certainly uh, Rafa is, is one of those guys. He's, he, he came. He hasn't played for months uh, and coming off an injury and he wins a title already in Australia. So he's going to be someone that I don't think anyone's going to want to see ahead of them in the draw.
2: Osaka's an interesting one. I know she's shutting down any questions um, directed about like Ash Barty. Um, do you think that's just for her to get into a good mental space or, or do you think there's something more to it?
7: Naomi Osaka explained a little bit, because again, this is the first time we're seeing her since September after, of course, we all know she had a really difficult year off the court in terms of finding the right mental space. I think she comes into Australia with the mindset that I am not going to talk about anything, answer any questions that I don't feel like keep me on the path I need to be to do my best on the court. Um, she sort of has maybe learned that you're not going to please everyone, and maybe that for her is a really good place to be.
0: Yeah, it, it's funny. Um, her whole The whole narrative around Naomi Osaka, you know, in a way, it's not too dissimilar to the, the Novak Djokovic thing, quite divisive, and you don't really know actually what's going on. And I think that's what people have found so hard about this. It's, as you said, there's a fault of all people in the Novak Djokovic situation. And with Naomi Osaka, you know, I really didn't – I felt sorry for her and I didn't really understand what she was saying. And because I didn't necessarily understand what she was trying to get across, I didn't really want to say, oh, well, no, Naomi Osaka's just being difficult. It just felt like she was a wee bit misunderstood throughout it all. Do you, do you think, Blair, that she might be in a better mental place? Is there any indication to see that?
7: Yes. I mean, she pretty much said, listen, after the U.S. Open, I – I was going to take a longer break than I did but one day I just got tired of sitting around at home and I called my team and said let's do it and that to me is the best possible thing you could hear from Naomi Osaka because it says she didn't get back on the court because she felt that she had to it was because she wanted to uh and and yes to your point I think it's very easy for us to you know there's, there's always outrage surrounding these sorts of stories, whether it's Naomi Osaka not wanting to do press conferences or Novak Djokovic, you know, seemingly not wanting to get a vaccine. But we, we don't ever know the entire story. And so I try, if I can, to sort of err on the side of uh, grace and compassion just because there are always bits of the story that we don't know.
2: Um, obviously, we want to touch on the other hometown, well, hero or villain, whichever way you want to put it. Uh, Nick <laughs> Kyrgios obviously withdrew last tournament uh, with asthma uh, air quotes. Uh, sometimes just doesn't look like he wants to play. Do you, do you think he'll ever win a win a major, or you know, or do you think he'll even be competitive in this Aussie Open? <laughs>
7: <laughs> That's a loaded exactly question. question in the- on, uh, on Nick Kurios is, uh, I mean, goodness gracious, you could blindfold me and I could play tin the, pin, pin the tail on the donkey. Uh, it is, it is so hard to predict. It just really depends if he wants to. Does, does he want it? Um, And that has sort of been the question. He's certainly capable of it. um, But again, will his body hold up? Uh, What is he thinking off the court there? There are just a lot of variables when it comes to Nick Curios. But one thing I can say with confidence, it's that tennis is better off uh, when he wants to be on the tennis court. So I certainly as as a fan of the sport, I I hope he can put all get all his ducks in a row in, in the years to come.
0: Here, yeah, yeah. here. Well said, Blair. That's awesome. Great to have you on the show this morning, Alessava. Your time, it's um, been good to catch up. And I know this, this story, the Novak Djokovic story, has consumed not just the tennis world, but really the political and just the general news world of the last few while. So now we can get stuck into the tennis. I'm sure we'll catch up again sometime. Thanks for your time.
7: Thanks, Louie and Mitch. Enjoy the tennis.
2: Of course. Cheers. Yeah, we will do. Ash, Ash Barty, yeah.
0: To see we love this.
2: here when in front of you. We like to party. Yeah, we, we uh, It liked, is the body like party party. It is the
0: party party. Let's go! <laughs> doo, 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 doo. <laughs> Someone's
2: got to talk about just the hiring him, just as our hype man. <laughs> can we?
0: Get, <laughs> can we get, wow, is already, did you notice that? Sorry, just for anyone, we'll circle back to the tennis in a second. But what we're talking about is if you missed it on Friday, we got. Um, your boy Q, that's his name, well, not real name, but he's uh, the Las Vegas Raiders radio announcer. And he was exactly what you imagine. do, 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 And oh. what I realized is that he actually, he clipped our interview that we interviewed him and he played it on his show. So we actually debuted on Las Vegas Raiders, Raiders fan <laughs> radio on Friday, Mitch.
2: How good? Yeah, he's so fizzed, mate. Hey, has got to be a regular. Next, next season, we've got to get him on. Yeah, I suppose that's it, isn't it? <laughs> A bit depressing. Oh, yeah, next season. Yeah, no, terrible. Uh, yeah, we might have to find another radio host I, over there, eh?
0: I think that's the way to go. Um, maybe at Buccaneers, you know, down there in Tampa Bay, yeah, they'd be yeah. pretty loose, wouldn't yeah, they? 17-0 right. over the Eagles at the moment. I struggle to see how the Eagles are going to pin that one back. Later today, Cowboys 49ers at 10.30, and then Chiefs Steelers. Cowboys 49ers? Ripper. Yeah. We want the 49ers. The is 49ers your team, is it? Oh. Well, you just kind of Joe, reacted or it's Joe's team. So yeah, I just um, I'm pretty yeah, I'm yeah, pretty platonic, you know. Yeah. Just
2: but yeah, I just the next next work drinks, Joe, Stephen McIver in a corner if the if the 49ers get up
0: I don't, yeah, a little fight for life situation.
2: <laughs> <You reckon? laughs>
0: I don't know. You Cho- hey, right. choices for him, Paul. Who wins? So, Joe or Steve? I'll, I'll take him. I'll take him. Oh, 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 oh. you heard it here first. <laughs> 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 oh,
2: Joe, uh, I, I like the. Co- uh, do, you reckon, do you actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <not>. All right, <laughs> Karen's saying no chance. <laughs> okay, Joe. Okay, Joe. Um,
0: just to just to round off the tennis, Australian Open. It does start today. I tell you what, it feels like stinking hot summer yep. when the Aussie Open is on, and you can watch it late into the evenings. Uh, it's great time zone viewing for us. Uh, the next two weeks, let's go huge on the tennis. Love, yeah, let's do it. Love the Aussie Open. Brett Phillips, our, our tennis man across the ditch. I think he's coming up with Smithy shortly as well and he'll you hear the hardest
2: working man in tennis
0: maybe in radio
2: hey I'll just hear him everywhere I go now Brett Phillips yeah yeah everywhere
0: he's the man with the serve yeah doesn't he the first serve it is quarter past eight o'clock the Choices flooring poll is still there for you to go vote at double eight double three or on the Bears Nizzy for Breakfast Twitter we'd love to hear from you we've got Paulie Muadi later in the hour Paige Harab is next though the newly crowned Open Women's National Surfing Champion down there in the West Coast, getting it done for New Plymouth. She's part of that Choices Flooring Poll. Coming up shortly here on SCNZ Summer Breakfast, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You're listening to SCNZ. We are 21 minutes past 8 o'clock this morning, all going seamlessly here in our beautiful new schwanky desk and studios. Mitch, um, later on, you want to have a little bit of a yarn about some under-19 Cricket World Cup, which I'm interested to get your take Mm. because... I did know that, I hadn't paid too much attention, but I know that we're not sending a side. No, nah,
2: it's just got underway, mate. Um, so the last couple of days it's kicked off um, over there in uh, the West Indies. So just being shared around a few of the islands. And um, yeah, New Zealand chose not to send a side, citing, um, not wanting to put uh, young... Young men through MIQ, yeah, uh, is what they said. Yeah, so that was the official statement from New Zealand Cricket back in November that they didn't want minors to be by themselves in MIQ. I think that was quite fascinating, really. The actual quote was uh, was something around. Uh, I find it for you. Spending mate, too much time by yourself. Too, it was just saying they didn't want to put. Uh, Put young, some some as young as 16, um, didn't want to force them into MIQ uh, where they... (laughs) Who <laughs> would and it would not be with the support of their family, with only their digital communication devices between teammates, mate? That's all they do all day, anyway. Mate, I'd hate. Yeah. <laughs> They'd probably be
0: stuck. They probably wouldn't even so, feel any different. Some of those teenagers would absolutely hate to be <laughs> stuck in their room with all their Xbox yeah, and their, right. their phone all day.
2: Yeah, right. You could have got PlayStation to sponsor them, Xbox to sponsor them, make sure the kids are all right,
0: mate. Worst time of their life. Hey, oh, could have um, got some new sponsors on board. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> We'll we'll circle back to that. We'll keep following up on that because I know you've got more thoughts about why the Under-19 World Cup is so valuable to these kids. Yeah. But MIQ, it's been a a nightmare for lots of athletes across lots of sports. And and our next guest, Paige Harab, I know, has had an interesting old 18 months trying to ply her trade, a fantastic surfer. And it's a huge congratulations and morning to Paige Harab. She claimed her first national title down there on the west coast of the New Zealand. I don't know whether that's where you expected it to happen, Paige, but you got the monkey off your back and you must be so thrilled, mate. Good to have you on the show.
1: Uh, Morning, guys. Thank you.
0: Pretty exciting moment to be able to call yourself the national national champ.
1: Yeah, um, it's definitely, it's been on my mind um, and a goal of mine for so long, so yeah, as I've said before, it's a bit of a relief, and uh, yeah, happy ass to get it.
2: Paige, it uh, must have been awesome. Did you have the family down there to be able to celebrate you with you?
1: Yeah, I did. Um, my parents actually came down and went around in their camper for a bit, so
2: it was cool to have them there a uh, page um just a interesting one here for you uh, how many um, Taranaki hardcore stickers do you guys take down with you and and <laughs> and, and and what's what's the weirdest place you've stuck a, a Taranaki hardcore sticker down in the down in Westport <laughs> must have been my terrible question there Louie. <laughs>
0: full question no, <laughs> I think the, the, hey,
2: you see those stickers everywhere
0: the point is Taranaki Taranaki Hardcore it's deep in the west coast where Pages and yeah. some, some of that phone coverage pretty shoddy um, but you're right Taranaki oh, I'll go
2: down and see the family in Hawera and uh, yeah mate they're just everywhere <laughs> That's where our, our family's from there, the uh, old man's uh, from there. So. Is that right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Is he, was he into his rugby league?
2: Yeah, uh, was he? Uh, no, nah, a little bit, but yeah, played. His old man, Fulton, uh, sorry, his brother. I was big into his rugby and basketball. Oh, yeah. So Kimpi's from, um,
0: Kimpi is from a small is place, he? northern. Just, oh, northern. Northern Taranaki. Oh, um, okay. Waitara. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Mate,
2: oh, it's all good.
0: And I'll tell you what. It's
2: big league. Isaac um, Luke always comes. Isaac Luke's from there. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Passionate. Always goes back, packs on the pounds when he goes back to Hawara.
0: Yeah. Passionate people. <laughs> yeah. The Taranaki faithful. Taranaki hardcore stickers everywhere. And that's, look, it was domination. Domination by the Naki at the National Surfing Champs. So we got Paige back on the line. So it wasn't just Paige, but Daniel Farr also claimed his first national title. Did it feel pretty cool representing Taranaki Taranaki and getting it done both on the men's and women's side, page?
1: Yeah, for sure. That was a huge win for Daniel, and um, we had a massive Taranaki crew down there. So we were waiting on the beach for the score in the last minute, so it was pretty exciting. And um, also one of our Taranaki Riders clubs, New Plymouth, they won the best club. Yeah, it was an awesome week for Taranaki down there.
2: Nice, Paige. Um, Paige, you're gonna after this, obviously, uh, going to try get back on the world surf surf tour, aren't you? So you're you're shooting over in February to the Gold Coast after winning this. Does this give you a lot of confidence um, going into that?
1: Yes, like the start to the year. Um, I've had one flight cancelled to Australia already, so everything's still a little bit up in the air and unknown. But yeah, the plan is to go over there and do several comps there and um, eventually try to get back on the world tour.
0: So you've obviously still got that hunger you've always had for it, Paige. Like, you, have, you haven't necessarily been discouraged by a, a niggly time with COVID and that sort of thing?
1: Uh-huh. It, um, made me hungry. I've been in a uh, break. Two years back in New Zealand, I'm kind of ready to go again.
0: Fair enough. Are you got some downtime? Are you still going to trip around the South Island and try to find some waves down there?
1: Oh, I've done that the past two weeks. It's been pretty awesome, but I'm actually currently on the ferry back home.
2: Oh, there's the reception. I've got you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. Uh, so, um, Daniel, uh, just touch on Daniel just quickly. Um, you know, just young, 22 years old. Uh, he'll be over the moon, would not he?
1: Yeah, he was pretty pretty happy um, with him and his dad were, were crying on the beach. So <laughs> it was pretty cool to see.
0: Awesome, Paige. Hey, thanks so much for taking a, a call in the middle of the Cook Strait, uh, back to the North Island. Get, get, get your affairs in order, then head off to Australia. When you when you get across the ditch, and hopefully you, you get that plane, we'll catch up again, and um, love to support you throughout the year as you try to get back on tour and and uh, live that cool life that you've you've managed to make for yourself so far.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: No worries, Paige Harab. She's a she's a gem, mate. She's a legend. She um, I met Paige probably. Six, five, six years ago now, and she was when she was still, you know, really wanting to get on the, the world tour, and she yeah. did. The same year Ricardo Christie got on tour, so 2017, 18, I would to say, 2018, they got there, and it was a men's and a women's New Zealand surfer on the world tour, and it was awesome. And um, didn't she had a couple of, like, small victories, but no real massive results, but just always took your cool... Yeah. loved her craft, and hearing that she's hungrier because of this. That's Bo- good, Body's eh? feeling good. Let's nice. go do it. Awesome. Yeah, it's good.
2: And, uh, yeah, obviously driving back as well. So, yeah, good on her taking the call on the ferry, mate.
0: Yeah. that yeah. um surfers, mate, they're resourceful. I, I, yeah, just didn't want extra training. Just Actually, hard to, hard to pin surfers down sometimes, actually. Yeah.
2: The reception, you don't, listening to your CNZ and Ibiza.
0: That's it. Because you don't take your phone and your wetsuit. Yeah, well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact about cell phones. yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> you, you can't surf with one. No, <laughs> unless you have it in a little snap lock bag, yeah. and you have that, and yeah. you, you surf. But even then, you're running a gauntlet. You
2: could like sellotape some earpods on. <laughs> you could.
0: I wonder. Yeah, because you, know, you get those. Um, they get beanies. Yeah. Well, hoods when it's like that cold, especially on the South Island. I wonder if they, I wonder if Quicksilver or rip curl or any of these O'Neills any of those brands has put headphones into the hood oh mate ricardo when you're away ricardo and i came up with
2: some brilliant business ideas and just changing the way everything's run and in sports and business and just could be you could be, become part of our team y-
0: y- that could be our third shareholder <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, okay. let's go okay. okay
2: we're building a team joe um yeah. Uh, we'll build a team, and one of our business ideas is going to fo- fund Joe's fight against Stephen McIver. So fight we'll for be the life. yeah mm. fight for life. Yeah, we'll. Um,
0: Out of we'll everyone, be, I didn't know it was Joe that was going to want to have a fight with Stephen McIver. It's, he's got some reach. He's got some reach. Yeah, he'd be like a, um, a flyweight with the reach of a middleweight. Yeah,
2: I, I can't imagine you're coming forward often, Joe. You're going to park behind <laughs> that park, jab. Yeah, park
0: behind the jab. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Paige Harab, absolute legend. First national surfing title, along with Daniel Fire of the men's. Uh, well done to Surfing New Zealand running that event down there on the West Coast awesome, Tauranga Bay, and I think the finals happened at Nine Mile Beach as well, so it was relocated, and um, they did it clean, one minute swells all day, light winds, that's what you love to see, make it happen, good for the South Island and great for West Coast surfing we're going to get to our choices for in poll result after this Mitch, and I'm interested to see what we've landed on here, you've still got time to vote, head to Bears and Izzy for breakfast on Twitter, or double eight double three. want to hear from you right now, it's Treaty with the news for Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand SNZ Summer Bricky. 27 minutes to go before we leave you with the Doi in. Oh, I'm looking forward to sleeping on it with Smithy Just before nine o'clock. Plenty to get through before then, including Paulie Moati, the party. I've got a little interesting story about the whip rules in New Zealand racing. Mitch wants to talk under 19 Cricket World Cup. And right now, it's time to give you the poll results of our choices flooring poll. The poll today, well, I thought it was a ripper. Who had the performance the weekend? and there really were some performances to choose from. The Choices Flooring Room View Program takes the guesswork out of choosing flooring. Upload your favourite floor today. I said, who's the performance of the weekend? Levante, one oh six breaks the clock, world unofficial world record time. As Kenny Calso points out, she's not going to beat nature strip up the straight, is she? No. No, she's not. But for whatever reason, the time was the time, and it's pretty exciting. She got her group one, and she did it in dominant fashion. What a ride from... Ryan Elliott as well. Uh, The board riders of Taranaki getting the double in the National Surfing Comp. Daniel Farr and Paige Harab doing it for the Taranaki. Josh Allen, a monster, monster game against the New England Patriots for the Buffalo Bills. Huge performance. Broke the stats. Or was it the Australian Federal Court for doing their work against (laughs) Novak Djokovic? And I kind of put... Well, I, I, I kind of stuck it on as like a, I kind of stuck it on as a um, bit of a troll novelty factor. Didn't really think it would take the cake, did I? As a one,
2: <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, just that just shows how much hate there is for Djokovic.
0: Yeah, or
2: just for the scenario, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, seriously, forty three percent of the vote. <laughs> Josh Allen in second, Levante in third, and I voted for Levante. New Plymouth gotcha. Surfers, not much love down the bottom of the book, but um. So I did not even vote. For, I don't
2: even vote. So Josh Allen's obviously the clear winner. Well, no, you just put the gag in there.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The gag, with the fake result. <laughs> oh well. Hey, um, Aussie Federal Court, you've got massive fans in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> but that's your performance of the weekend. There, choices flooring. Poll. Um, uh, uh, the whole situation. I know you want to stop talking about it, but it has been. There is a semblance of like, of be real, real serious. There is a semblance of sadness about it all. He's a great, and a f- the fault falls at the feet of a lot of different people and a lot of different processes. It's not squarely on him, and uh, he doesn't get a chance at breaking the all-time record and his most fa- his most um, accomplished and the greatest Australian Open player of all time. So,
2: yeah, I don't really care, Louis. To be honest, <laughs> as someone who's been in a position where um, had to have had to be jabbed um, to do my job, and was probably a little bit hesitant um, at the start of it, um, for someone who's been in a position that I have to have the jab to do my job, I've got no sympathy for for him. I've had to make sacrifices. Other people have to make sacrifices. Um, for him to think that he could just roll into another country, who's been one of the strictest in the world, and think that he's going to be fine.
0: Yeah, let me qualify it. When I say, <laughs> when I say sadness, I don't mean f- I don't mean squarely for him. I for tennis fans, for the for, for the, the, for the situation, yeah, the yeah. whole situation's been a bit of a mess, and yeah. there's a tinge of. But once the tennis gets underway, we'll move on. It'll be great. I can't wait for the Aussie. Yeah, Open. It'll be awesome.
2: It will be, and I, uh, well, I hope you're right. And you brought up a really good point um, in terms of Rafa Nadal. Ooh. I hope this is the fuel he needs. I know everybody's written him off. Everybody's written him Have off. Have they? Yeah, everyone's written him off. Just Who? your mates. You're not like he's. like just saying, no, he's not there. He's not going to win on hard court. Um, yeah, that, he's just he's not going to be there or thereabouts. Everyone's in bit court um, from what we see. So
0: you, you'd be a rougher guy because you're a lifty. Hey, you'd be a rougher guy because you're a lifty.
2: Uh, I don't. There was something about rougher. Just That just kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know what it was. It might have been the shorts, I think. Yeah, it might have been. And it might have just been the tight clothing at the time when tight clothing wasn't oh, like in. You, and you
0: it, don't, don't. It wasn't do like not, a
2: skill thing. It was like an appearance thing. I just didn't, not, didn't uh, float my boat.
0: I don't. Did it float I,
2: your boat? Did it? I've
0: got no did proof. Did you like
2: the tight clothing? i
0: asked Georgia. I've got no proof. But there's no way you weren't wearing muscle singlets, tank tops.
2: Nah, mate, I'm always a baggy clothing guy. When have you seen me rock up with something tight? I don't
0: know. There's just something about it? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you. Reckon? It's, it's you reckon? Or you just
2: picture me in Lycra I or just something just tight?
0: The, I think it's the watch you used to wear.
2: Oh, yeah. I yeah think it's it's the, the flare, the flash. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think the, the
0: watch, you would have the wide Just cut.
2: the superstition.
0: <laughs> you reckon? Nah.
2: Oh. Who out of Bez and Izzy would wear something tight? You reckon? First, Izzy. They're
0: both pretty well-dressed. Yeah, they are well-dressed, actually. They're, just looking. The, they're both pretty slick. <laughs> sli- <laughs> I see you here and I've got I've got oh, Baz yeah. and Izzy just staring at me. They look sharp. They do. The lads are sharp. They'll be looking forward to getting back. Paul Mawadi's not far away. We're going to talk Under-19 Cricket World Cup as well before the end of the hour. And sleeping on it with Smithy. It is 22 minutes from 9 o'clock.